Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Thriving Thoughts. I'm your host, Dr. Sherry, and today we've got a message that I know is relevant to so many people out there. Today we're talking with my new friend, Craig Muckle, and Craig is learning to thrive alone, alone, quote unquote alone, in a job search. He bravely comes on the show today to talk about something that probably a lot of men in particular aren't willing to share. And I think it's important to bring this perspective to the show. I know a lot of times we talk to women, mostly talk to women on this show, but it's important to have the male perspective. And so this is for you. If you are a man or you know someone who is a man who is in transition between jobs, look, things look different right now, right? I've learned a few lessons from Craig in this episode, and one of those things that he's going to encourage you to do is that in your job search, you're going to question your identity, you're going to question your role, particularly maybe as provider, and there's a way to use that to thrive and to not forget to keep doing the fun stuff. Craig is a seasoned expert in communications and is currently looking for a role to serve in that capacity with possibly maybe even your company. So tune in, listen to what Craig has to offer, and most importantly, know that if you are in this job search, you are not as alone as you might think. Here's my conversation with Craig Muckle. Thank you. Craig, thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm super excited to meet you, our uh, mutual friend, well, your long-term <laughs> friend. Uh, Coach Keith Howard introduced us, so I'm right. so grateful for the connection and just honored to share another story here on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Cher. It's glad to be here. You know, Keith has been a great friend and resource, and, uh, you know, he... Um, brought me into uh, an organization, really the chamber in such a way that uh, I never thought I would be immersed that way. And then we just shared a lot of things about our, you know, ourselves and business and personal and, you know, so, um, and he's been, he's been great. I've helped him out, you know, when he was coaching football at uh, Crossland High School. So it's just been a great partnership that we've had aside from the friendship. I love that. He speaks very highly of you. So I couldn't wait to have you on the show. And you and I had the opportunity, Craig, to connect momentarily on the phone. And so I heard a little bit about your story, but I am, um, I'm amped about our conversation today because I know what you are thriving alone in and have been learning to thrive alone in. Yeah. Um, I know that you are not alone in that. And I no. know that there are people who need to hear your story. Um, so I'm going to dive right in, sure. uh, Craig. The The first question um, that I ask everybody here in season four is tell us about a time. And even if that time is now, tell us about a time when you have felt alone. Well, sure. Yeah. You know, when you told me that that would be the first question, it really didn't take me that long to think about what I would say, because I am currently in the midst of that. Uh, I've been alone in a job search now since uh, Mm -hmm. October of 2019. In fact, it was October the 10th of uh, 2019 when I was uh, my position at my previous employer, the Archdiocese of Washington, was uh, eliminated. And you know, I've worked for... So you're going on five months now. No, actually, it's more like 
17 months. Oh, I'm sorry. A year and yes, five months. Because yes. you said 2019. Uh-huh. Yes. I try, wow. Yeah, I, I say wow myself. I, I'm get, I, I can't wrap my head around the fact that it's been almost 18 months. And, wow. you know, the unfortunate thing is, well, this is not... I wish I could say that was my first time, or this is my first time in such a situation, but it's actually my third. Okay. And unfortunately, the length of time in between jobs has been longer. And I would say, without a doubt, that this is by, by far the most challenging, uh, you know, downtime without a job that I've, I've had for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. Number one. The pandemic has not made it better, certainly. Yeah. Uh, but to be honest with you, just the way some of the things I've encountered along the way in this search have uh, really challenged, you know, I guess I would say my sanity at times. And, <laughs> okay. um, you know, and, and really my ability to feel like, you know, am I really a worthwhile person? And, you know, mm. and thankfully, um, I have a great support system. As I mentioned to you, my wife has been incredibly supportive. And in fact, yeah. I met my wife back shortly before, uh, shortly before really my first one direct, my first uh, situation where I was out of a job for a period of time. I met her, we okay. were dating, had just started dating. And I basically had said to her, you know, I'm without a job, are you gonna, are you gonna go? And she's like, what would I do that for? I'm here to support you. Wow, from and the beginning. Yeah. And it was really through that that I knew that she was going to be my life partner. And, yeah. and you know, once I did get settled and got acclimated in that new job, we got engaged a few months later and then we got married okay. about 18 months after that. And we've been together for the, um, what, 22 years this year in May. Okay. Wow. So, wow. Well, happy early anniversary to you. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's incredible. What a gift. Yes. So for the listeners, mm -hmm. um, to better understand Craig, because I, you know, I've said this in every episode, but sometimes not everybody listens to every episode and that's okay because they're listening to this one and they're watching this one if they're watching on the YouTube channel. Um, but alone in a job search. Now it's clear that you're not um, relationally alone, right? Right. So I wonder if you could share with us, help us pinpoint um, what are the parts of you? What, when is the loneliness coming up for you? What, and, and you mentioned uh, briefly about kind of your questioning your worth and, and maybe even your identity as a person, but, um, and your value, your contribution, but tell us a little bit more about where that feeling of aloneness comes from in this job search, in this 17 month long job search. It comes from the fact that, you know, and you know, like I said, my wife's been supportive and you know, thankfully she has a great job as a realtor. So she's been able to support our family uh, mm -hmm. during that time. But it's knowing that she has something to do to contribute to, to help people find homes. And look, I'm used to contributing to an organization. Um, I've done that mm -hmm. for over, you know, for nearly 35 years when I'm working. And, you know, I know I have a value. I know I'm good at what I I've done, particularly when I consider I've been places like ESPN for nine years. I was at BET for five. I spent 18 okay. years of my life at Safeway. Okay, wow. so you don't stay in places like that for that amount of time if you're sure. not at least reasonably successful and sure. halfway good at what you do. 
Uh, and I'm not here to extol my <laughs> Probably virtues. Probably more than halfway, yeah. right, Greg? Well, you know, I'm not here to necessarily extol my virtues, but I'll leave that for others to do. But the bottom line is I don't <laughs> think you, you survive in corporate America if you're, you know, just kind of getting by doing your job. Mediocre. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it's just, it, it, it it's depressing when um, you want to support your family as, you know, a man should. Uh, particularly an African-American man. Let's, I'll be perfectly mm-hmm. honest with you because I, I want to support my family, support yeah. our three kids, and, you know, do what, you know, a man is asked to do even in the, you know, when you're married, is that to be, you know, certainly a, a contributor, not only, you know, financially, but, you know, emotionally as well. And, you yeah. know, emotionally I'm there for, for everybody, I think, but uh, I want to do my part in all aspects. And I just feel like that's really been what I, I struggle with at times is that, especially when um, I, I get bad news in a job search or I, I've been told that mm-hmm. I'm not gonna move forward or I'm not even being considered. And it's it's a part two when you're, in excess, when you're used to having success and you feel like you read a job description and you, you know you're certain you can do the job and yet people are not seeing that in you. And it, it's okay. very discouraging. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit, what is a job search like? I'm going to ask you to cover a couple of different levels. Sure. So what's a job search like for someone who has significant experience and based on what's available and what's a job search look like in the midst of a pandemic? (laughs) Well, (laughs) the job search normally would be where you're not only looking for jobs, but you're trying to engage with people, you know, interpersonally, one-on-one, going to an office, yes. going to a meeting place, whether it's a restaurant, or Starbucks, what have you, and just look at, you know, connecting with people, you know, whether they're in their colleagues, uh, yeah. their associates in, in your career field, mind would be communications or, you know, government affairs and um, having, letting them know, Hey, you know, I'm without a job. Who can you guide me to? And you're just having meetings all the time. Mm-hmm, now, you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in the midst of a pandemic, everyone's on Zoom in interminable hours of their, almost every day. And so to ask someone to spend, you know, even 15 minutes on a Zoom meeting yeah. as a courtesy gets to be a little more challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I'm not also, I'm the kind of person who I think if I'm able to walk into the room and shake someone's hand and let them know, uh, who I am with the energy and enthusiasm. I think they can see that you maybe yeah. lose a little bit of that on a um, you know, computer screen. And so I think that that's not been uh, beneficial to me either, especially. Yeah. Well, we've, we've all become these talking heads, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and you really <laughs> don't get the presence of the whole person. No. And I, I certainly, um, I appreciate you saying that because I think there's also been, um, it, at least in my experience, people have become habituated to Zoom to the point that, um, I mean, it's not that people didn't do this in person. They did, but now it's doubly worse because when you're doing things via video, you really have to pay 
constant attention to be able to embrace all of the nuances of the communication of the conversation, right? Right. Where, you know, as before, when we were in person, we might have been in a meeting and people might have had their, you know, cell phones underneath the table, you know, texting or whatever. Um, but they were, they were present. They were there. They were feeling. They were thinking. Um, but now I've found that people have become so habituated to Zoom that they're doing that on Zoom. And so our... Um, the robustness of communication is really not there anymore. No, it's not. And it's really, you know, I, I, even through this job stress, I can tell you it's been a bit of an evolution that the, one of the first jobs I interviewed for, they basically sent me a link and said, they want me to take my responses. I was like, Ooh, okay. I wasn't ready for wow. this. And, and so I was basically speaking to a computer. Imagine, responding to basically my camera and <laughs> getting no feedback no because you're not talking yeah. to a person. You don't know who you're speaking to and that sort of thing. And, um, wow. and it's, it was, I, I remember I was up in our spare bedroom. I was on, I think it was on my computer. I don't really remember, but all I remember was, I'm, and they give you like a few takes to do this. But at some points, like how many takes are you going to be able to do without the benefit of feedback and someone right. kind of giving you a sense of, of my answers. Okay. Is that what you're looking for? Cause you don't really know. And right. you know, so they let you review your answers. And then at some point you just say, okay, well, I, I think that's it. And yeah. look, I didn't move on. And I think there was a lesson to be learned there. Cause I, like mm -hmm. I said, I was hunkered down in the corner of a room and you know, you could see the ceiling. <laughs> And that kind of thing. <laughs> right. It, it was just right. weird. And later on in the course of, you know, uh, this journey to find a job, um, a former chamber member who was actually on my committee, uh, I'll mention his name, Lindsey Ruffin, because it was great. He gave some great feedback about how to really adapt in this time now when mm. we're doing all these virtual things. And he mm -hmm. said, you know, if you're going to interview, you have to be you just can't have distractions. So that's why you see me today sitting in front of a green screen. And if I were to yeah. turn my camera on, you would see my lighting. And mm -hmm. I have the microphone, as you saw, and everything mm -hmm. like that, and, and, and this high-definition camera. In the midst, yeah. he gave a presentation to a group that I'm involved with, 40-plus in Greater Washington. And okay. uh, they provide uh, career transition services for people like myself. I'm actually mm -hmm. a graduate and alumni of the, of the service I took the service back in uh, 2016. It's a very valuable okay. service, so I can make that quick plug. And um, they help people like myself. And so he did a session on this. And in the middle of the session, during the session, I was on Amazon or ordering all the equipment I'm using right now. <laughs> right. Because I said, that's me. I, I, I said, I don't want that distraction. You know? Yes. And so uh, it's been helpful. Um, and my wife has been able to use the, all, all this stuff. It, and look, sure. you, you have to adapt because he was right. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to make it as um, easy as possible for the uh, interviewer, interviewer to speak yes. to you, to, to focus right. only on you, not about something behind you. I think we can all relate. If you're watching any of the TV networks, CNN or whatever, I think a lot of us probably watch that. You probably look and say, oh, gee, that's interesting what they're reading back there. Right. Yeah. And I certainly don't want to, in, in, uh, someone who's interviewing me, be look, 
be more interested in the artwork that's behind me or something like that <laughs> versus uh, hearing me. Right, right. No, that's good. So there's technological challenges. Yes. For sure. Right. In the midst of a pandemic. Now, let, let's get uh, more, um, I don't know, just global traditional job search issues. What are what are the barriers? The, the questions that come to my mind, Craig, are, are the types of positions that you are gifted for and desiring of, are they available? One, um, so are there barriers on that end? And two, are there barriers on the, you know, the, 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 the process and, or even, um, you know, getting from, okay, that job looks great to all of what goes in between to actually being offered a position. Sure. So if you could share with us a little bit about what those barriers have been for you this third time around. Absolutely. Well, let me start with the pandemic piece of it first, because that does play a bit of a role, but I, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to say it didn't play as integral a role as I thought it would a year ago. Uh, and I say that because Basically, we go into the pandemic and the jobs that were on all the job boards pretty much went away because life yes. almost stopped. And yes. um, like, you know, the state of Maryland requires you as part of your unemployment to uh, apply for three jobs a week. And you have to okay. chronicle this. Um, you basically just have to say, these are who you applied for, what were your contacts? And it could be any level, not necessarily apply, but you had to do something to that and whether make a connection, have a conversation, maybe sure. schedule something, whatever the case may be. And when the state of Maryland said, well, you don't have to do that anymore because essentially there were no jobs to do that for, then, you know, that was one aspect. And ultimately, it really seemed to be only about maybe 60 to 75 days where their site was really down to that degree. It's back up now and there's plenty of Okay. Opportunities so there was a big there. stutter there was. at the beginning. And, yeah. And, okay. and for someone like myself, I was really afraid, gee, am I going to be out of work in 2021? Little did yeah. I know I would still be out of work regardless, unfortunately. <laughs> but that was the big concern then. And then, but now, kind of later down the line, there are jobs available and there have been a multitude of jobs and uh, available. But what I have found is the only thing I can really deem it in a lot of ways, it's been unprofessional because mm. we as job seekers are expected to um, be polite, be courteous, be respectful. And, you know, because obviously we want something that an employer, a prospective employer has, which is an opportunity to, sure. to be employed. But yet that is not reciprocated when it comes to communication. Mm. You can, mm. and, I, and I don't necessarily mean simply that, hey, thanks for applying, we'll contact you, you know, when we've made a, when we've narrowed it down. I'm talking about you've actually been interviewed by people, going yeah. through the interview process and have been told, well, this is the process and um, we will touch base as we move forward. And then in more than one instance, I've been in an interview and heard nothing back until I get an email that says, Oh, we hired somebody. Mm. So you don't even know when, you know, you missed the cut, so to speak. Yeah, right. Now, do you think that is um, 
Do you think that's been an issue and maybe a building issue over the last, you know, few years as, in other words, it sounds like the impersonalization of the interview process, as opposed to maybe years ago when it really was, you get hired based on relationship, just like getting to know people. You know, it it, it may have been building, uh, you know, but I'll say this. I did not see that um, in 2016. Okay. um, So that's only, you know, at the time it was only three and a half years or three really. So I didn't really Mm -hmm. see that then at all. I did not have Mm -hmm. that kind of treatment. And I'll go so far to say there was, I've had it happen where I've had direct referrals from people say, hey, I know someone who's looking for this person Mm -hmm. for a person that's trying to do X, Y, or Z, contact them. I did. We had a conversation and basically you're ghosted. You hear nothing, even though, you know, you may have sent in um, information that you were asked to send in, whatever, on time, and, you know, you know it's been received, and then you basically ghost it out. That's been insanely frustrating, and it's happened more than once. Yeah, Yeah, so let let me ask you this, Craig. Let's talk about that frustration. I imagine that's probably been a mild way to describe what you've felt at times in this job search journey. Yes. Um, But when we do feel frustrated like that, we do also have a tendency to think, gosh, what is going, like, does anybody else see what's happening here? Like having that sense of aloneness there too. Um, so what, what have you learned about yourself and, uh, in, in, when it comes to frustration and when it comes to this, um, just being miffed by the fact that you just said a few minutes ago, surely I won't be unemployed in 2021. <laughs> right. Yeah. And here I am. Well, I think, um, part of the reason I like 40 plus is that you're with other people who are, yeah. are traveling the road with you. And we can mm-hmm. share these frustrations and hopefully we can uh, lift others up. And, you know, look, I, I cried on my wife's shoulder a couple months ago. I just couldn't take it, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it was, you know, so there are just times when it is overwhelming. I mean, I'm starting to feel And it's very over- humbling. Yeah, it is. I'm starting to feel a little overwhelmed just thinking about it right now, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, um, but you know, you just try to find other people to talk to, to share. And mm-hmm. I think I have found that to be um, very helpful for those that are going to listen, because really just, you can't really um, keep it inside you. And I, yeah. I have, I personally have a lot of outlets. Um, you know, I like, I'm a, when I'm not working, well, it's an avocation. So I referee basketball. Um, okay. So my alter ego on Keith's podcast is super referee, Craig Muckle. Okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I only referee basketball, but then I'm also, uh, my wife and I are, and two of our three kids are competitive uh, bowlers. So, okay. Wow. Yeah. So I've never met a competitive bowler. Well, if you're, if you're now, Muckley, now you have, yes. <laughs> I just bowled in the tournament on Saturday. In fact, I had league last night. So, uh, so that hits on something yeah. really, really, really important that I think people overlook because when you're on this type of journey, this job search, 
and and you have these uh, identifying beliefs and responsibilities as a man, as a husband to provide. Um, let me ask you this. Did you have moments where you felt guilty for doing stuff that was fun? No, not at all. Good. No. Okay. Uh, Tell us why. <laughs> because it was time. I knew that, uh, especially when the pandemic, I knew time is such a rare commodity that we were given. As bad as the pandemic is, I immediately recognized there's an opportunity to recapture time that we would not ordinarily have. And yes. so, you know, some of the things we did, uh, and we're actually going to do it again, but last year we took an RV vacation. We went camping. Wow. And, you know. Nice. And we're doing it again. It was awesome. And yeah. it was, an, it was. Did a, you just do like one of those, um, you like rent yes. an RV and. <laughs> yes, we rented an RV and it was fantastic. We went to Lake George. Uh, I'm a okay. native New Englander, but my wife is okay. a native Baltimorean. So she had never been to upstate New York. Uh, and our kids had not been oh. and they loved it. They want to go, you know, we want to do it again. I'm already looking okay. for that, uh, to do that again this year. And. You know, I would tell yeah. anyone RVing is a great way. To, and, you know, we did it largely to avoid the crowds, frankly, yeah. of, you know, having to go to a hotel, having to be on a plane, go to a lot mm -hmm. of restaurants. But it was a great way to vacation. I would advocate yeah. it for anybody. And see, I love that you're still I love that you're embracing that because I think a lot of people, they think if I just, you know, work harder, move harder, move faster, keep doing, keep doing, keep doing that, then they will not be in this maybe, you know, jobless situation. But the truth is that in order to be prepared, in order to be fit, yeah, to present yourself as qualified, you have to take care of yourself. And that means engaging in the fun stuff too. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so that's why, you know, the bowling is important for, for us. And I coach, uh, the kid, the league that I'm one of the coaches in the uh, league that our kids participate in. Okay. As I said, I referee basketball. There were not many games to officiate this year. I only actually went refereed two games, okay. two real <laughs> high school games this year. Yeah. Um, but I'm also, you know, I've done volunteer work. I'm still doing the work for 40 plus. I'm helping them with communications. I'm doing some other communications work for a former yeah. uh, colleague and a friend of mine. In fact, right before I joined you, I was on a call with that team just talking about some publicity opportunities and things like okay. that. And my wife was um, <clears throat> the president of the Realtors Association last year. Her term, she's still on the board. She's just not um, the, the board president right now. Okay. But uh, I was helping her with, I was helping them with some of their communications pieces. Like I was, you know, editing some of their things and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to stay active professional, you know, in the professional Route, but I'm yeah. also taking advantage of, you know, the time that I have. And, you know, yeah. when you go through these things, you learn so much because um, when I w was let go from Safeway uh, back in 2016, you know, I came home early and I walked in the door and, our kid, and I wasn't ready um, for the question that my one of my kids asked was, how come you're home so early? And so, mm. and so I, I lied to them. I told them I took the rest mm. of the day off. By the end of the week, I had to tell them the truth because it wasn't, a, it, and I, right. I felt bad in doing that. So, you know, you you make decisions that are not necessarily the best ones just because mm -hmm. you're kind of dealing with your own emotions and stuff like that. Yes. And yeah. you look as a 
what made that even more telling is that as, as a spokesperson for companies, you're oftentimes having to ask, answer a question that you may or may not be ready for. And yeah. oftentimes it's a question you're not ready for that you can, can give the most dramatic answer for. So you really have to be thoughtful in those responses. And I just felt mm -hmm. like the fact that I didn't tell my kids the truth at that moment wasn't, you know, the best. But wow. I've learned, you know, you learn about yourself, you learn about your, your family. Yes. And, and, you know, my daughter, who's our, one of our, our oldest daughters in college, she had asked me um, during one of these searches, I think it was probably the, uh, it's probably the one with Safeway going back. She said, um, you know, they go to a, she went to, she goes, to, she went to a Christian high school. Her sister is there mm -hmm. now. And she said, well, daddy, I hope you don't mind, but I asked, uh, you know, they were looking for prayer requests. So I asked, um, you know, the class way to pray for my dad was looking for a job. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is really powerful because as a parent, you want to be the one that's on the, the praying end, the fixing end and to have your child right. come to you and say that is, yeah. Uh, but wow, that's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's still, you know, it meant a lot for her to keep it off of that. Yeah. So I, I want to dive in more to what you've learned about yourself, but I want to backtrack for a second and ask if you'd be willing to share with us um, two things. One, uh, what makes this job search? What makes this period? You said this is the third one. What makes mm -hmm. this different? Like, why is this one different or how is it different from times one and two? And then a follow-up question to that would be, what are some of the fears that you've had in this job search that you have not had in past ones? Well, I think what's made this challenging is that I think there's just so much, so many more people out of work. Um, okay. Because of the, the, the times we're in with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, so many people have lost jobs. So um, it's, you know, as competitive as the job market typically is, I think it's even more. Um, Got it. And I think there's a lot of, uh, there's still probably a lot of tension around the, the, the social uh, and racial inequities we've seen. And mm -hmm. I think companies are struggling with that. And, um, you know, I'd like to think there's an opportunity for me to help there, but, you know, I haven't, yeah. I haven't quite seen it, although I've tried to position myself in such a way that um, mm -hmm. I think that's something that, um, you know, I, I know that's something I could help companies with. In fact, um, yeah. you know, and you do, different things that uh, when you've been out of work over a year, you're, you nothing's off the table. So I've read magazines or uh, journals like the Washington mm -hmm. Business Journal, and they've been talking about this subject of racial, how businesses are coping and trying to advance that within the organizations. And I, uh, one Friday night, I uh, basically sent an email to a local CEO and okay. basically lobbied for a job because I thought, there was an opportunity there. And, yes. uh, you know, having worked with many CEOs directly, I knew that he probably would be checking his email on a Saturday morning. So I sent it at like 12 midnight on a Friday night. And by, by 10 o'clock the next set on Saturday morning, he had responded. Oh my goodness. And you know, it wasn't the answer I had hoped for, but the fact sure. that he took the time, but it was engagement. Yes, yeah. it was. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I did a lot back. I mean, I did try to, you know, I was, I was a little persistent, I guess I would say, but, <laughs> That's good. but, um, um, I thought there was an opportunity there. And so, look, I, I made my case and, uh, yeah. uh, 
you know, I still think I could help them, but, um, yeah. you know, so as I see it, there's nothing really off the table. Um, and I think, so you're being open. I am. I mean, I was, I, I'm trying to talk to as many people as possible. I've had a lot of, you know, I've, uh, I did a marketing plan. I shared it with some colleagues I work with on, like I said, local boards on mine. So they've had some ideas and I followed up on those. And then I had uh, a longtime friend of Keith and ours, um, Keith and mine, my wife's as well, uh, follow up with uh, and, and say, hey, I didn't know you were looking for a job. And so he's offered to get involved. So, you okay, know, great. Yeah. And so, look, I, I, I try to remain prayerful and, and yeah. confident that something will fall my way. I did have an interview this week and uh, it did seem to go well. But, you know, unfortunately, when you think it goes well, you just try to temper your enthusiasm because I've been yeah. disappointed before and uh, sure. I just want to not get so high that if it doesn't work out, then I don't want to hit with a thud again. So let me ask you about that because one of the beliefs that I have and, and that I've learned to apply to my own life is I've really learned to um, celebrate, not in a kazoo balloon confetti sort of way but i've learned to celebrate the nose and the doors closed because i've learned to recognize those as actual protections as opposed to rejections right that's that's how i look at that um is is as as a protection and so my question is what has your growth journey been during this 17 month period, how, in what ways have you grown as a person through those waves of disappointment? Well, uh, I think, I think you just have to understand that it's not about, you know, you can't let your worth be diminished Yes. because, yes. um, if I were to let my worth be diminished, then I think I would not be helpful to my family, my wife, and yes. you know, those that actually are still relying upon me, uh, you know, to, to help, you know, to, to fulfill the responsibilities I have yeah. there. So, you know, th- th- that's part of it. Number two, um, I think and I've, I learned this as well by just being willing to talk about it. Um, I think helps other people because I had some of our, uh, you know, uh, family members, particularly some of the men in our family, um, the last time we were able to gather for Thanksgiving, which was back in 2019, right after I lost this job, I mentioned to him, you know, I'm without a job again. And, and one of the cousins said, you know, I just appreciate the fact that you're able to be that open about it because, yes. you know, um, it would be hard as a man to do that. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, absolutely. It, and that leads into something that I wanted to ask you about, Craig. Uh, go ahead and finish your thought. So, yeah, so I just think that by, you never know who you're going to help um, yes. by, um, you know, being open and honest about it. So I've learned that yeah. regardless of that, I'm just going to talk about it because it may help myself. It'll definitely help myself and it may help someone else. And that is the whole reason why I, you know, asked you to be on the show because there's somebody listening right now. They yeah. need, they need to hear this. They need that encouragement. And so, um, let me ask you about the voices in your life during this time. Um, would you share with us, have there been naysayers? Have there been discouraging voices 
in your life during this time and um, things that people, maybe things that people have said that have kind of stuck in your mind and not so great away. And tell us about the encouraging voices, maybe like your cousin who said, thank you for sharing that. Well, thankfully, uh, thankfully, I've had a lot of encouraging voices, lots, you know, my mom, my brother, my, as I said, my immediate family right here, uh, stuff like that, as well as, you know, other people who are on those boards that I've sit on, the folks at 40 plus who, mm-hmm. are, who are encouraging and stuff like that. So yeah. um, thankfully, you know, thankfully I, I have a great support system. I can't really yeah. complain about that. And honestly, I think, I'm sure there's been some things that have been discouraging, but I think all that has drowned it out back to the point that I can't really remember. (laughs) I I love it. I love it. Now, there's a reason that I'm asking because you have purposefully created and pursued and clearly have had a long history of um, being dedicated to the importance of establishing and maintaining your support system. Yeah. Like that's just sounds like that's inherently who you are that connection. So there are a lot of people who may find themselves themselves in a similar um, without a job situation as you right now, and they do not have a good support system. Right. Um, What do you think it is they need to hear right now in that place where maybe they actually have a lot of naysayers? Well, the first thing I would tell them is, look, I know it feels alone, especially when you're sitting at home, walking the dog and, you know, you see everyone else going to work and you're not doing that. So there are other people in your situation who, Mm -hmm. um, you know, are going through it as well. And, you know, with the great thing about the internet, there's groups like 40 plus and other organizations that are doing the work of bringing job seekers together where they can share the trials and tribulations of a job search. And hopefully just through those conversations um, that, you know, you can find something. Then we have LinkedIn and other, you know, positive social media tools that you can connect with people, whether it's people like yourself or people in other, you know, your industry of your career that um, you can engage with and maybe um, just, um, you know, exchange some ideas, exchange some thoughts. and you, You never know what will come from a random spontaneous uh, conversation. Yeah. So, so yeah, get involved, reach out. Um, maybe we'll, we'll even include if, if there is one Craig, we'll include a link for the uh, 40 plus of greater Washington yeah. uh, here in the show notes. And then perhaps I'll be able to find some others for other geographic locations as well, because we have listeners all over. Sure. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> no, thank you for sharing that. I think that's, that's really um, important. My last, uh, question is twofold, I guess. Um, it goes back to something that you said that, you you know, when you're on an interview, you want to, I don't, for lack of a better phrase, make a good impression, right? You want to have, to leave a favorable uh, impression on the people who you're seeking a job from. So I would add to that. And you, you strike me as somebody who definitely has this level of confidence that, um, an employer-employee relationship or interview-interviewee relationship is a goodness of fit conversation for both parties. Yes. Right? So um, I wonder, with that in mind, for you, 
how have you then allowed yourself how, how what have you learned about yourself in terms of staying confident uh not you know uh grab bagging it staying selective about what you want and and where you want to serve and where you want to leave an impact like have you had temptations to go against that yeah i mean especially when you're out of work for a year and a half because yeah. you know the my biggest fear really is will this force me to make a transition i don't want to make or i didn't expect to mm. make i don't you know i i don't like to be dictated like that i kind of like to be i think most people want to step aside at the time that they wish to step aside i just i just feel like there are choices being made by other people that might lead me down that path and i'm determined not to try to do that that you're determined let me make sure i heard you correctly that you i don't want to lose. just say yeah I, I basically want to stay as a communications professional until the time okay. at, until such time i make the choice not someone's making the choice for me because they don't want to hire okay. me doing something so so my question to you would be I, and i'm totally putting you on the spot here like we're the only two people in a room, even though we're airing this. Um, what if this is an opportunity to um, not be where you think you should be? <laughs> well, you know, look, you don't know what you don't know, I guess. That's right. And so um, I don't think I'm going to have a good answer for that question. Okay. Uh, and I hate to tell you that because as a spokesperson, you like to try to answer the question, even if, <laughs> even if it's your answer or not, the question is not the answer that the interviewer is hoping to get, <laughs> but, um, well, I'm not hoping to get right, one, but I I, it, it's a question and here's why I ask it because back at the beginning of this pandemic, I did a podcast episode and I said, you know, because this was when everybody was like, Oh, I just want to go back to normal. I just want to go back to normal. This was before we even realized the extent of change that would take place mm -hmm. and people were already wishing things back to normal. And my question on that podcast and everybody has to answer it in their own time. But my question was, what if this is it? What, a, like, what if it stays this way? What if, what if there is no return to, you know, normal? And oh. so people were highly frustrated with that question with me because I no, I don't have an answer for you. I have an answer for myself, but my answer for myself is not an answer for you. And so that's why yeah. that's where that question came from. Got it. Yeah. And look, I think we'll be out of the pandemic, you know, at some reasonable time. And so, um, you know, once we get past it, I think everyone's other, everyone else's thought process will come together, but I'm, Right now, I'm still I'm still focused on being a, a communications executive. Okay, I love it. So let's let's go there. You have a platform right now here on my show, and I'm a firm believer that every opportunity is an opportunity, and this conversation is an opportunity because uh, it's evergreen, and mm -hmm. we don't know whose ears it's going to fall upon. So this is your stage, sir. Um, <laughs> Who, who are you? Like, what yeah. gifts do you have to offer? Who are you looking for? Because somebody listening may be that person or they might know that person. Well, I'm a career communications professional. I've worked at ESPN, BET, Rite Aid, Safeway, and the Archdiocese of Washington, handling, you know, crisis communications, government affairs, uh, public relations, and event planning, among a lot of other things. And uh, I really am seeking a senior level opportunity to, um, you know, senior level opportunity 
to lead an organization, run a department, and really be a thought leader in the organization to um, really make a difference. And if I have an opportunity to do that around social justice or you know DEI okay. uh, initiatives, that's even better because that's been such an important um, uh, you know situation that's occurred over the last year. But people are focused on it now, although it's been you know a historical problem going back yes. hundreds of years. Um, but it's one that you know for myself as well. It's been personal in recent times, and um, I'd like to help uh, an organization walk through that walk that journey as well so now do you have a preference for nonprofit or for-profit neither i don't really care okay. i just want an opportunity to be employed yeah and, and make a contribution in a and, tangible way yes yes okay listeners you you heard it here first get this guy craig Mako. you don't want to let him pass you by no. and have a conversation with him you know I think um, I think it's time to get creative. Like, can we just meet in a park and sit six feet apart and sure. have a conversation? You know, like that's right. this is where my mind is going yeah. in terms of employers. If I was looking for somebody, I would still want to meet them in person as opposed to just via Zoom. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, you know, look, I'm happy to do what, whatever it takes to get a job. I mean, I know people don't want to meet in person. Uh, and so I, I'm fully, fully respectful of that, but you know, um, uh, you know, if, uh, this, if we have to, if we're resorting it, if we have to deal with it this way, then so be it. We will, we will yeah, do that. Right. And I'll, I'll, we'll, we will make the best of it. We made the best of it this long. And, um, I th I'd like to think we're going to persevere until whenever the end is going to be. Yes. Yes. So Craig, somebody is listening and they want to chat with you, at least have a conversation. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? So, um, is email okay? Yeah. Okay, sure. So, um, I have a couple of email addresses. So, um, my alter ego email is that what I call it is uh, bowlingref at live.com. That's B O W L I N G R E F is in Frank at live.com. Okay. Or one that's a little more uh, normal, I guess, at uh, C Muckle, M U C K L E, the number four buoy at gmail.com. And the reason for that email is uh, about five years ago, I ran for elective office here in the city of Bowie, Maryland, where we live. Okay. So, yeah. And, Love it. And I'm also on LinkedIn at uh, Craig M. Muckle. Okay. Twitter at the same handle and Facebook. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Craig, I have two questions. We'll, we'll include, by the way, all of those links in the show notes so that right. people can just click on them. Great. Um, a couple of questions as we close out. If you had to pick one thing that you've learned about yourself as a person that's helped you to grow during this process, what would that be? One thing that's helped me grow as a person, just, you know, to be uh, transparent. I mean, I, I think I've been, I've been that person before, but, you know, a lot of times your pride gets in the way. And, okay. um, you know, like I said, I, I referenced it earlier when, when I was let go from Safeway, I came home and told my kids, you know, I left the office early, you know, yeah. that wasn't, you know, being transparent, Yeah. but I was embarrassed mm -hmm. and I didn't want them to be let down. Mm. And so, but 
you know, when I had to come back and tell him, hey, wait, you know, I didn't tell the truth. That's not what you want to really teach your kids. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we want everyone in our lives to be proud. And so, um, you know, because, you know, I, I told my wife the truth, yeah. but I didn't tell them the truth. And she's like, you shouldn't have done that. I'm like, I know. And then I, I, was, I was corrected a few days later, you know. Yeah. So, but, but that, that's really a good, um, nugget to learn because pride is, you know, that's the thing that gets between us and success in so many instances Yes, absolutely. is just that, but it also sounds like for you, you're, you're, um, embracing, you have embraced, not just learn to like people say, swallow your pride, but you're embracing the transparency and in so doing, you're encouraged, you're being an encouragement to other people. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think so. And hey, look, and it's easier said than done because I sat around, well, I sat on chamber Zoom meetings for a number of months before I basically made, uh, you know, those appeals to the board members that I was looking mm-hmm. for a job. I mean, I talked to some privately, but not really in a collective sense because um, yeah. I thought I could do it myself. And that's the other thing, you know, um, you need help in these because you're not going to be able to find all the answers yourself, yes. find all the solutions yourself. So, you know, whatever ne- network uh, you have, you should utilize it because you never know who's actually been through it. Uh, I had someone tell me that um, the reason that she tried to be helpful is because she had been through it. Now, I didn't know that, but she said, I made a okay. point of saying, I've been through it before. I know what it's like. And I made a mm-hmm. point to say, um, when someone is going through it, I'm going to try to be helpful in any way I can. For the listeners and viewers today who are impacted right now, who are in that in-between space of looking for a position, a careered position, and that you're finding yourself unemployed, I really love Craig's words of you can't let that in-between space be the thing that determines your worth. Don't believe the lie that you aren't doing your part, that you aren't contributing, and keep doing the fun stuff. I connected with Craig briefly after our conversation, and one of the things he clarified was that when you're in a place like this, and this could be any space of feeling alone, but if you're in a space of thriving alone, feeling alone in a job search, that you really aren't as alone as you think you are. And I love how he generously offers this resource. If you are in the greater Washington, D.C. metro area, check out this group, 40 Plus of Greater Washington. The links are in the show notes for you. But there's a space for you. There's a group of people who know. And most importantly, reach out. Don't keep it to yourself. The more transparent you are, about what you are going through and what you're feeling alone in, that's your opportunity to reach out to somebody else and help them to not feel so alone. So let's create that ripple effect and let's teach others that even if we're feeling alone, we can use that to thrive, to grow, flourish, and prosper. As always, I invite you to be a part of my Thriving Thoughts texting community. All you need to do is text the word Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E to 540-369-2139, and you'll hear from me three times a week, and you'll get shareable images, and you can respond to me, and I respond back to you. It's not a one-way street of communication. It's my intimate circle, so I'd love for you to be a part of that. And hey, if you're an Apple Podcast user, would you please do me the honor of rating the show five stars and perhaps writing a one or two sentence honest review? To help this show reach the audience, it 
needs to reach to help people understand that it's possible, yes, 